Hello, and welcome back to Nick's Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So today we'll be talking about some quarterback drama uh, in the NFL, um, some trades and prospects in baseball, and we'll be talking about some soccer overseas in Europe. So without further ado, let's get st- let's get started with these topics. So first off, we've got um, Russell Wilson is... Uh, apparently unhappy and wants the organization to sign better offensive linemen to protect him so he doesn't have to take as many hits. Now, with this topic, it's quite interesting because he's a very mobile quarterback, so the only time he'd really ever get hit is if he scrambled around the pocket and couldn't find a receiver down the field and took too much time. But I understand where he's coming from because, you know, you want to put your career first when it comes to taking hits in the NFL because... Um, more recently, they've they've become a little bit more violent, and I think that you know, giving your quarterback some more protection in the pocket won't will necessarily help uh, the longevity of his career, which I think the uh, Seattle will most likely end up doing. But I think that Russell Wilson should just put faith in the. Uh, front office of the Seahawks and I think that they'll end up getting the job done I mean uh, props to him for voicing his unhappiness I I understand you know he doesn't want to get hit too many times and start to form uh, CTE or any other uh, brain injuries or anything like that from playing football and you know that's one of the risks you unfortunately take when you play football but I fully understand where he's coming from on this and you know I'm hoping that Seattle does the right thing with that. Um, Moving on, we have the Houston Texans don't want to trade Deshaun Watson, but it looks like he wants to go. So I think that they should trade him, try to get a, a, try to get back a QB and some first and second round picks and maybe like another position player that they need because with his age, I think he's around he's he's in his mid twenties. I think he's like twenty four, twenty five, so he still has plenty of time left in the NFL and you know he just signed that contract extension, but I think that I don't th- I they say they're saying that they're not gonna trade him. I think he's gonna force his way out uh one way or another because I don't think he wants to stay there. And to be completely honest, I wouldn't really want to stay in Houston right now either because it's just a it's not a not a good team anymore and you know Last year when Bill O'Brien decided to trade, or yeah, last offseason when Bill O'Brien decided to trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, you know, taking away your best weapon and bringing back a running back who hasn't had a stellar season since his uh, rookie year, it doesn't really uh, bode very well. And I don't really think that Deshaun Watson's going to want to want to stick around any longer. And I think I want to go back, go to an organization that will appreciate him a little bit more and, um, really help him develop, continue to develop and grow into the superstar that he's become. Um, we'll stay on the topic of the Texans because uh, today, J.J. Watt was released by the Texans as now a free agent. Um, so that was big news because other than Deshaun Watson, he's essentially he's been the, the face of the Houston Texans for I don't know how many years, but it feels like it's been forever. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad to see him uh, go because he's been very loyal to the organization but you know 
It doesn't seem like there's any bad blood. He posted a video on Instagram talking all about uh, the owners and, you know, what tra- uh, like what transpired during this conversation that he had with them. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's time to give him the chance to sign with a contender for maybe like a one or two year deal, maybe more depending on uh, team's cap sizes and uh, how much teams are willing to pay for his services and let him let him go try to win a Super Bowl because, you know, he's put the time and effort into he's been Houston everything for the last God knows how many years. And, you know, it, it's it sucks to see him see him go. But I think that whatever team picks him up, their defense will have gained a fantastic edge rusher. And he uh, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank, you know, barring any uh, any injury setbacks that he has. Hopefully he doesn't have any, but he's had he has a pretty lengthy uh, injury list, including some core muscle uh, injuries and a few other ones, but uh, a few uh, arm injuries, I believe. So, hopefully, uh, he gets he goes to a team that wants him, and uh, hopefully, they're contending, and he can hopefully win a Super Bowl next year. So, now moving on to the Eagles, where. I'm just going to state this now. I am a huge Giants fan, and I really don't like to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, but this is still some big news in the sense that Carson Wentz is most likely going to be traded, and the Eagles are going to be looking looking for a Matthew Stafford-type package, which was a QB, two first-rounders, a third round, and a third-round pick. Now, Indianapolis and Chicago are the teams that have shown the most interest so far in Carson Wentz, and I just, you know... After he hasn't, he had a really Carson Wentz had a really good rookie year, but since then he has fallen off and been injury prone and has not looked like the same player that he once was. And I just, I don't know. I don't think he's worth trading for, especially since he signed that four year, hundred fifty million dollar contract, and you know he's going to be making twenty million dollars the next uh, three, two or three seasons, and I don't think that's that's really worth it for a player who's playing like him and you know may hopefully he proves me wrong and he goes to a team that can you know turn him around but you know I don't know necessarily what Indianapolis can give up I guess Jacoby Brissett and some first and a two first rounders and a third round pick or something or some other picks but uh I don't really think that would be any better for the Eagles because they're probably going to be running Jalen Hurts now as their quarterback so, and then Chicago are the other team interested in, you know, they're talking about, uh, with this trade and it's either going to be Trubitsky going the other way to Philadelphia or Nick Foles going back to Philadelphia. And I don't really think that either of those guys really help out, but you know, I, if they get Nick Foles back, I feel like Nick Foles can at least, you know, help tutor Jalen Hurts a little bit more, but it'll be interesting to really see what where Carson Wentz would like to go and if so what they get back in return and if and who they get back because it'll be very interesting to see what they can get for a quarterback who has been performing poorly and on top of that is making a lot of money um and then the last little tidbit of the uh Eagles is if they do trade Wentz they'll end up taking a 33.8 million dollar cap hit which will force them to essentially sign rental players to one-year deals because after he, him taking the uh, the cap will be salary cap will be uh, 
won't have as much money in it in these next few years because of the revenue that the NFL lost by not having fans and all these other implications due to COVID. So when it gets uh, when the salary cap goes down a little bit, you know, you're not going to have a lot of money left to sign players. And one dude is taking thirty three point eight million dollars of it in dead space and dead cap because you traded him because you didn't want him anymore. And, you know, that's the price you pay for signing these con- signing these players to these contracts. But we'll see what the Eagles decide to do, and we'll see uh, if it if it works out in their favor. If it doesn't, we'll see what they can get back. I don't think they're going to get back a lot, but that's besides the point. I don't. It's just it'll be interesting to really see what happens. Um. So next up, we'll uh, we'll move to the NBA. I mean, not the NBA, the MLB. I'm sorry about that. Um. So, Governor Cuomo is allowing 10% of fans in New York venues, which means the Yankees will have fans uh, for opening day. And I was back and forth about this uh, last night, talking to a few of my buddies, and, you know, I was talking about how I didn't necessarily understand why it was important to have people in the stands just yet, if you can only have, like, 10%. But I realized, you know, having these play, having these people in the stands you know it'll 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 really help it'll really be enjoyable for the uh players to see people back in the stands for uh home games um and you know the the nets will have some fans the knicks will have some fans and any other new york team that's uh playing gonna be playing this year so i've changed my mind on this and i i do think the uh I do think it it's good, you know. You'll have uh, stadium workers, concessions people, and all those people go back to work, which will be nice to see. And uh, the MLB and whoever else will benefit from this will, uh, will you know, make more revenue than they have in the past. Uh, the past year with um, past year with uh, their stadiums being empty. So, um, so Jason Dominguez has been looking like a solid player for the Yankees. Uh, him being the top prospect and all, but at the age of 18, he's already hitting baseballs 117 miles per hour. I mean, come on. that's the, There's only a, a short list of a few guys that hit baseballs that hard this past MLB season, and, you know, that's crazy to think that an 18-year-old is hitting a baseball 117 miles per hour off of a wooden bat into play. That's It's crazy, but it'll be... It'll be exciting to see what he, where he goes from here and uh, what direction he take uh, takes in the steps to becoming a uh, New York Yankee in the future. Uh, moving on, we have um, we have a trade for uh, involving the Red Sox, Kansas City, and the New York Mets. So the Red Sox received outfielder. Uh, Franchi Cordero, I'm sorry if I butchered these names, but I'm not very good with names, uh, and two players to be named from Kansas City, uh, right-handed pitcher Josh Winkowski, and a player to be named from the New York Mets. Um, Kansas City receives uh, Andrew Benatendi from Boston and some cash considerations from Boston, and the Mets receive outfielder Khalil Lee. So, uh, I don't know a lot about the other players. The only player I know necessarily from this is Andrew Benatendi, and um, these last these last two seasons he's had it's been uh it's been a pretty he's been a pretty bad slump. Uh, he hasn't been fielding well. He hasn't been hitting well, and 
he he wrote a lot of last season on the bench sometimes and you know I don't know I mean you know maybe a change of scenery will be the best for him maybe you know getting out of Boston and uh, going over to a different team with a different manager and whole different system might help him and um, help him out in his career and you know I wish him the best of luck you know I don't really like the Boston Red Sox but you know um, when a player player gets traded you know. You just want to you hope that they can ho- you hope that they can turn their career into a little bit of something after they've been in a slump. So, moving on to soccer, um, so we have some uh, pretty big news with that and uh, Neymar, who is the a left winger for. PSG uh, has hurt his groin before the Barcelona clash in Champions League and he will miss the first leg and is questionable for the second leg. Now, does this really help Barcelona's chances of making it through? Yes and no, because Neymar is a very creative player out on the left side of the pitch and, you know, taking that away, it'll help relieve a little bit of stress on the left side for Barcelona, but at the same time, it, you know, PSG still has Mbappe and Angel Di Maria and all these other players, and Barcelona's defense has been horrendous these last few games that they've played in, so it'll be very interesting to see exactly what they decide to do. Um, But I'm hoping Barcelona can squeeze out a win, but it'll be... It'll be a very tough matchup still, and uh, it'll be very fun to watch. So that'll start, uh, I believe, Tuesday of next week. So it'll be be ni- nice to watch some more Champions League soccer. So Manchester City has been on a tear, winning 15 consecutive games in all competitions, which is very impressive. And Pep Guardiola sits atop the uh, Premier League, and... He's a great manager, and I never really, never really doubt him. I always have a soft, soft spot for him because I'm a big Barcelona fan, and I, I really enjoyed his time in Barcelona. And he really helped uh, develop a lot of the players, and he did great things to them. And so it's nice to see him doing it, uh, still doing great things with different teams. I don't necessarily like Manchester City, but you know it's it's good to see Pep Guardiola. Uh, still uh doing really great things from a managerial standpoint so um then moving on to another manager that's been absolutely killing it in europe has been hansi flick who has an 85 percent win ratio at bayern munich averaging one trophy every 11.3 games he has 58 wins five draws and five defeats and six trophies all in the span of eight months they Bayern Munich, without a doubt, is the best team in Europe right now. They Nobody can touch them. They have won in the last eight months the Champions League, the Bundesliga, the German Cup, the German Super Cup, the UEFA Super Cup, and the Club World Cup. I mean, you know, the fact that they went from all play stopping in March uh, to when COVID first started uh, becoming a real big thing to in the summer playing – after like when the restarts happen, absolutely playing out of their minds and end up winning a ch- uh, Champions League, which is hard enough to do after you you restart your league essentially and have to 
play through some other games, some like exhibition games, get yourselves used to playing soccer again. And, you know, it's crazy to think that Bayern Munich, whose team is mostly academy players and a few players that they've bought for um, not a lot of uh, euros, but like, you know, a decent amount, maybe in like the 30 to 40 million, if I remember correctly. And it's good to see uh, a team that's not, you know, spending millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it's just good to see how how well Bayern has adapted to uh, playing in Europe, uh, well, not play, well, being one of the best teams in Europe by using their academy and all of the young players that they've called up that have just been playing out of their minds. And it's really nice to see the the youth uh, take over in certain games and uh, really outplay, out, outplay uh, a lot of other people. So it's really nice to see that. So, well, uh, this will conclude this episode. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And hopefully, um, not hopefully, we'll... Uh, we'll most likely be doing an episode a week, so stay tuned for more. Thank you. Goodbye.